Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Hi everyone, welcome to the Vulnerable Scientist Podcast. This is your host, Saranya Kerry, and today I have Belinda, who will be our guest today, and she'll tell her story on how she got to where she is right now and the challenges she got, and yeah, it's been an exciting podcast because we've gone through some stuff <laughs> before we recorded this. So, Belinda. Hi, Sarah. Hi, kindly introduce yourself. Okay. Um hi guys. My name is Belinda Esere, as I already said. Um I'm twenty six. Um I have an undergraduate degree in applied biology and biochemistry from the National University of Science and Technology from Zimbabwe. I also have a master's in pharmaceutical biotechnology from Chino University Technology, Zimbabwe. Um, my current occupation is a regulatory officer at the Medicines Control Authority of Zimbabwe. Uh, and my basic function there, amongst others, is to assess the quality of medicines that come into Zimbabwe uh, and ascertain their safety for use by the Zimbabwean population. So, yeah, in in the shortest terms, that's me. Okay, that's interesting. Do, do you want to do this, like, before your un- undergraduate? Did you want to do this? Did you know that you'll get into this space, the regulatory part of things? <laughs> it's funny that you, you asked that, Sarah, because... um. I will say this. I, I'm up to this point. Uh, I'm, I'm very unsure of whether I belong or not. Because from when I was very young, right? I was a very expressive person artistically. I was a speaker. I was a debater. Uh, I used to represent my school from primary school up to high school. In, in debate competitions, public speaking. Um, I believe that's part of the reason why I was selected head girl at my school. And I was club president for a lot of clubs then. Um, I never, I, I would say I was, I was never the best scientist ever. And I, I've, I don't think up to now I am. Um, but as fate would have it, I grew up in a time where my parents were, my parents and pretty much society were 
you know, they, they hyped some professions and did not really have as much information on others. So I was from a young age called a doctor, right? I was a medical doctor <laughs> of their family. And little attention was paid to the things that I could do. Myself even, I didn't consider that I was good at other things more than I was good at other others. Uh, for example, I always struggled with mathematics, right, in primary school. But um, I would say I was hardworking enough to do well in the classes. So even when at my ordinary level, I'm, I, I got A's in everything, it seemed like I was equally capable of everything. But um, I found that scoring A's in other subjects like English, literature, languages uh, was easier. It was nothing, it was not a big feat as compared to the physics and the mathematics. But you know how it is. Uh, because of that thing where you grow up and you're expected to fulfill a certain role and function, in the prestigious profession, uh, you don't give a chance to these other opportunities of all the things that you could become. So I think for me that was really what happened. And I ended up taking a, a uh, science combination for my advanced level that was math, biology, and chemistry. And Sarah, <laughs> I didn't do well at all. Um, I remember I took an additional advanced level subject in literature because I was so passionate about literature and, and at my school, everybody was like, are you crazy? Why would you take on English literature when you're doing maths, biology and, 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 and chemistry for your A level? Why, why put on literature? And I didn't go to the classes, but I would study literature my free time and I enjoyed it and it's funny enough that's the subject that I really performed well <laughs> the best actually of my combination um, and if I had realized before I even took my exams that uh, I, I could follow my passion and I should follow my passion I, I may not have ended up in this space but um, I, when I look back at it, I do not want to regret that because this journey has, has brought a lot more than I knew about myself. And just that knowledge, I feel, has, has, has become a great part of my personality and the person that I am today. So to answer your question, I didn't know. <laughs> I still don't know. And up to now, I, 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 I struggle a lot with where I belong and what I should be doing and where I should be focusing on. But at some point in the recent future, I think I figured out um, what I could be. And I've started investing my time in working towards that. Yeah, thank you.
Well, I love that you said that you you still haven't figured things out. Like, that's okay not to have everything figured out in terms of what you want. So, Belinda, maybe you could tell us the laws of, that you've experienced through this journey. Uh, I had to really think about it. like when we, when I was preparing for this podcast I had to really dig deep and think about all the experiences that were not so great for me uh, particularly on this journey the very very first law was my <laughs> was my uh no actually the very very first law law in my life that I remember distinctly was my father's passing right and I know you. It's it's not exactly what might seem relatable in the term in terms of academics, but it it did a lot for me academically. Right. Uh, my father passed on when I was uh, writing my O-level exams. Right. I I was literally in the middle of them, and I was taken home to. To, to go and attend his funeral. I had my little brother then. We were at the same school, so we were driven back home uh, to attend the funeral. And all my life, I had always worked hard to make my father and my mother proud, right? And to have, you know, he was motivation. He worked so hard. Things were not, you know how Zimbabwe is economically. My father had to take on manual jobs in order to like provide for us. And part of the reason I wanted to be a doctor that he said I should be was because I wanted to make him proud to, to make, you know, the effort worthwhile and losing him. It took a lot of that away. Like it felt like the motivation kind of scraped off. Uh, it was a real big low for me, and um, I I don't think I've ever recovered from that because I feel like had he been there, I could have, I probably could have pushed harder, right, in the things that I did. Mm, but yeah, that that's 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 the biggest and greatest low for me that I've experienced even up to now, that loss. Um, then I would say uh, my other low for this journey was just that point at my advanced level results. You know, I've, I had always been an achiever. Like for my primary school, I got straight, straight uh, passes, right? Uh, ordinary level, I got all my A's. Uh, people were so proud of me. My mom was dancing. You know, it was like my father had passed, just passed when the results came. It was kind of like a solace for her that I'd done so well. And she was so expectant. You know, she, she had big dreams. She had so many hopes for me. She, at that time, she also, she was pursuing her own career studies and she was pushing my mother's stories and it's an inspirational story. She's a she's the greatest inspiration of my life. So when my results came for those for that combination in sciences and it was it was it was not only 
it was bad, right? Out of um, 15 points, I got six that were expected. Then I got a B for the literature that I was <laughs> reading on my own. So, yeah, it was very disappointing. And the heartbreak for me was that I was alone in that moment. I didn't have anybody to comfort me. I felt like a failure. My mom, my mom, <laughs> she went into the hospital because of the shock. She was expecting so much from, from me. And when that didn't happen, she already had BP. Uh, so when those results came, uh, she couldn't handle it. She went into the hospital. So in between having to visit my mom in the, at the, at the hospital, sending her meals, um, and then there's all these people calling, asking, what did you get? Because they, you know, you know, when you have done so well in ordinary level, people expect that you're going to shock them again in advanced level. And you, I was my school's head girl. So people were calling left hurting center asking, whoo, I, I was really alone. It was a very sad moment in my life. Um, and I remember, <laughs> My roommate then, uh, no names, but that, I think a few days later, she called me and she, I don't know if she was joking. I feel like she was joking. Oh, she was, that was a way of comforting me then, but she was also a child. She might not have been sensitive to the circumstances, but she was like, ah, I heard you, you failed so much that your mother went to the hospital. <laughs> and she laughed. Had she known what I was going through then, uh, she should, she might have had other words to say. But, um, after my father's death, I don't think I've ever experienced as much pain as that moment, right? So, this didn't happen once. This failing at advanced level didn't happen once. My mother asked me to repeat, right? Because she was convinced I'm a doctor. I have to be a doctor. So she said, go back to the same school. I told mom that I can't go back to the same school where I was going to go and repeat. It would be a shame. <laughs> I was so ashamed of myself. And I carried that shame for a lot of my adult life. I, I lost a lot of my confidence. I All the things that I used to do, I used to be so proactive in high school. I used to outgoing, to be very um vocal. I was so much of an advocate, so much of an active feminist, but it stopped there for a while in that moment because I felt like I was unworthy to stand in front of people and say anything because I was a failure. I refused to go back to the same school uh, and I repeated in another school, right? I asked my mom for, for me to start all over, like A-level, the whole two years doing arts because I had shown potential. I self-schooled. And I'd done well in one, the one subject that I was doing, right? But, well, she didn't think it was a great idea. She wanted a doctor, understandably. She had nurtured this dream her whole life, and she thought I could, because, well, she thought my brain was capable. So, I did it again, and... I, I didn't get so much better from the first one. So a little better, but not enough to get to be a doctor. But this time she didn't faint. I think she kind of saw it coming because, ah, uh, I struggled. 
And in that in that moment, I knew I was not a scientist. So even when I had to go to find my degree to apply for degrees, uh, it was now just you know when you're just doing things because yeah, I have to go to varsity, but I don't I don't even know what I'm gonna do because even with the career guidance, I just knew there was pharmacy, there was medicine. I didn't know there was any other thing that I could pursue as a scientist. So it was a law school. I literally just put my X's on the degrees that I qualify for. And it was a very hard time for me because it I, I felt like I had let everybody down. And I had let everyone down. My friends from school. I, I think that's when I lost a lot of my friends that I didn't. They just, we just stopped talking. Partly because of me, my own, uh, lack of self-esteem. But I also feel like partly because I was not a person to be proud of then. Right. I lost a lot of my friends then. But, yeah. Um, I think I, I soldiered on. Uh, I was an autopilot <laughs> for that whole period. I was an autopilot. Um, and I can't say it worked out badly, but just that experience of going from a, a shining star to a source of ridicule where people be like, ah, this person has so much potential. We had so many dreams for this person, but look now, they're just another person. Yeah, that was a big low for me. Right. Um... Then, obviously, <laughs> this is Zimbabwe. I cannot not talk about finances. <laughs> Through my varsity, it was a struggle thing for my studies, right? I took on a lot of, uh, jobs, right? But the one that I mainly stuck with was being a, like a, a part-time tutor for school kids. I was teaching science, maths. It was, but I think that was the highlight of my first two years in varsity. Right. I took evening classes, so during the day I'll be teaching. Right, but it was not that. Uh, I, I, that's the best thing I could use my time. I wanted to be part of the debate team. I so much wanted to do all the social activities in varsity, but I couldn't because I was person was going to night school during the day to make money. So I would teach, but. Those are beautiful kids. <laughs> you know, kids are so pure and innocent and naive. They don't know anything. So you'd kind of forget when you're with them. And everything is so perfect for a little while. But just the fact that I had so many things that I could have done at school with my time to to kind of like allow myself a little bit, the artist in me, a little bit of happiness, but I could not because I had to do all these other things. Right. I sold perfumes. <laughs> I sold clothes. I don't know what I didn't sell. As long as it was legal, I sold it. Right. But it helped because I helped my mother with school fees. She had four children that she had to take care of. And at least I, I took off the burden of having to pay my tuition from her. It was difficult, but it was doable, and I did it. Um, going into internship, ah, uh, that one was my first wake up call. Right when you're in school, you're you're together with people who are possibly similar to you, 
in circumstances. Yeah. So they buffer everything up. So it seems like, yeah, it's it's going on well. Things are moving. We're finishing the degree. But when you get to internship, and you, I was, I, I got an internship at one uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing company, and I was an intern microbiologist. I started work at 7.30 and finished at 5. And throughout the day, I was in the lab. That was the, the waking up call for me. I, I I don't want to say it's a low, but it was a moment where I really understood that I could not spend my life in the lab, right? Yes, I had found myself doing this degree, uh, biochemistry and applied bio. And yes, I was in this space where I had to be a microbiologist. Um... But I could not live my whole life there. My, 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 the, the senior microbiologist was like 20 years there. And I could not imagine 20 years in that small little lab with the beeping incubators. Goodness, I feel like it was, it was so anti me. It was against, it was, it, it did not go in line with my personality. It did not tally with my dreams and visions I've always wanted. Uh, I don't know, but I've I've always wanted to feel the sad and speak to the people and go to places and change things. And here it was just me, the incubators and the microorganisms, the fungi and the bacteria, which smelled a lot. <laughs> Didn't like it at all. So internship for me was a moment where I realized that, okay, uh... I'm not in the right place. I'm not at all in the right place. But it was also very difficult because I realized that I'm already pursuing a, a, a degree in this. It's a whole degree. What am I going What about not finishing and studying law? But it's not easy. That's not simple. I thought maybe if I finish and then I start again and I find an arts degree. But that also was not easy. So I started asking around, right, talking to people in the, and I saw things that are like, right, corporate, pharmaceutical, where you don't necessarily have to be hands-on researching, hands-on science, right? But the application of science into solving problems, which I've always enjoyed doing talking about human problems, finding solutions, talking about the solutions, talking about how to implement those solutions. And there were these great men and women in their offices doing that. So I, it wasn't clear, but I felt like if I was in science, then I should at least be doing that, looking for the solutions implementing the solutions, talking about the solutions and the problems, right? And then uh, downstream, having the solutions worked on, created, and then we apply them, right? Which is what inspired me going to my master's. But um, that moment in the lab <laughs> with so many hours while there was quite a load for me. Then... The, the the last law that I, I I I would think about in this moment would be um 
now as a professional, right, uh, doing what I'm doing, trying so hard to to carve myself, to make a mark in the industry, to create an identity. You approach a lot of people. I I, I try very much to be active in meeting, to share my thoughts, to connect, to 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 find out what other people who are in the positions that I want to be are doing it. But once in a while, you realize that people don't really take young <laughs> women seriously, right? You approach a senior, and you know our industry is male dominated, so sometimes you approach a senior, uh, you reconnect, right? Probably they initiate a conversation. You're excited. You think maybe this is my next opportunity. Uh, then what happens next? They're asking for your WhatsApp digits. They want to talk to you more. Uh, they want to learn more about you. And quickly the conversation turns from being professional, uh, talking about opportunities to somebody trying to take advantage of you. And this does not happen rarely. It happens a lot to a point where you are very skeptical about making male connections. But in a world where males Occupy all the high chairs, right? You cannot not interact. But you, I've become very timid, right? Because I'm worried that what if this connection request comes through as me putting myself out uh, as a victim to this person? What if I'm not taken seriously? And I felt I feel like it should not be like that. Um. This is a professional platform. This, this this is a professional space. I'm a professional who is trying to put myself up there. I would expect to be treated with a level of respect and understanding, but it's not exactly that. And you wonder what can I do, right? And for me, that's that's it's something that uh, pains my heart, right? It really grieves me. Uh, and I know I've not started to see <laughs> any of it yet. My my journey is only starting where I want to be. Uh, I really want to go far. So I know this is not even the biggest of the problems that I'm going to face as a professional. But it is a problem and it's a low for me. It's something that I really do not enjoy. That's me mentioning it here. So, yeah, basically, and, and those are some of the things that I've experienced that I would call those for my, for my career, for my journey as a scientist. First of all, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, the non-professionalism that is in when you interact with men as a woman, especially when you're trying to grow and create networks and build your career. And when someone doesn't see that, they don't see you as someone who's trying to grow as a professional. They see you as a potential, I don't know what to call that. <laughs> it's something I think I've experienced too uh, a lot. I still experience that every single day. And, um, I don't know. That that got me. So I don't know. Let, let me just go back to 
where you spoke about your dad passing away and that affecting your motivation in science. Um, I find that very important because we feel sometimes we feel that our personal issues in quotes kind of don't affect our career, but they hugely affect our careers and it's important to talk about them. So, um, I don't know. How did you, how did your mom think about you being in science? Did she consider it, um, I don't know, something similar to doctor. What does she perceive of your current career? Okay, Sarah. Um, I will say this first and foremost. Um, my mother is a very driven individual, extremely driven, and I'm so proud of her. Right. Uh, in a span of what ten years after marriage, after giving birth to all of us four kids, uh, she managed to start her form one, which is first class secondary school, to her PhD, right, which is great, amazing. So she's an achiever, and she believes it's if it's not the best, right. It's, it's not enough. Right. Uh, within a space of a year of getting a PhD, she has enough papers written for her to get to be a professor. That's how much of a hard worker she is. So I understand that she has always wanted the best for me and to her. Right. Being a medical doctor was the best. Right. And there's also this thing that as of now, right now, in our communities, in our societies, in Africa, right, people don't really understand uh, other degrees in science. Uh, there's very little career guidance. And even as adults, right, um, if a, a younger one approaches you and asks you what they could pursue, we know very little about all the things that one could be, the opportunities that are available in science. Because I think you understand that science is not that much engraved in our communities as other like dimensions of academics, right? And even in other dimensions, even if it's in the arts, people know law. Uh, I don't know. It's there's so much uh that people could learn and understand, which I I feel it could also be an issue even with my mom. Because she doesn't understand what I do up to now. <laughs> she doesn't know. She always asks me, so Belinda, what are your plans with life? What, what do you, what are, what do you want to become, my child? So now that I've finished my, my, my masters, she thinks, okay, okay, fine. So now, since you're done with the masters, do a PhD. Do a PhD. Why, why are you waiting? You, you've finished. It's now six months since you've finished your masters. Apply for a PhD. There's so many scholarships. And I'm like, no, mom. I don't want to be in academia. I don't enjoy being a on the flow scientist, right? I don't enjoy that. I would rather be in corporate. And to be in corporate, a PhD won't do much for me, right? Uh, PhDs 
narrow it onto a specific topic and a specific subject in, in, in that area. With business, it does not work like that. I have to maybe do an MBA or do some marketing courses, some financial um, uh, courses so that I understand what business is all about so that I can live my dream of bringing the solutions to the people. She doesn't really get it after now. And <laughs> if we have this conversation today, right, we skip one day. But next time we're on a call, she goes again. So, uh, my child, what are your plans for the future? <laughs> so, uh, I think as with a lot of parents, I've, I've, uh, close friends who are doing, like, decided that doesn't want to be, he studied engineering, right? But he decided that he doesn't want to, to be an engineer. He'd rather be an entrepreneur. So he started his own, his own company. And his mom is always on his case. You're an engineer. Why don't you just go and find a job and get money and take care of us? Why do you have to do this whole starting a company thing? We take years before we can enjoy. When are we going to enjoy your money? Right. It's, but he has got a bigger vision. He has dreams of, of being better for the society. Right. And, if that is is an issue when there's not enough knowledge around the subject, around the topic. So I will say that there's very little understanding around science and its applications in Africa. Even when you go to our universities, you see that we learn theoretically, but most of the times we don't get to have hands-on because the resources are not big, right? So it would take a long time. <laughs> Uh, maybe my mom will start seeing the light. Maybe she won't, but it's a process, and I, I don't blame her. And I think it's a, it's actually something that needs to be addressed. Career guidance in Africa, issues of science, uh, accessibility of resources, accessibility of knowledge, and understanding of that of just that, uh, genre, right? So yeah, that's what I think. Wow, that's impressive that your mom, <laughs> wow, she worked through her education from that law, you know, wow, that's, 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 that's really inspirational. <sighs> okay, um, hmm.